Alright, Shalom, and we are back with Parsha Shonuf Pankis. Come on! Alright, take a big, big, big old deep breath. Here we go. This is a very, very, very hot word. Mentioning this word is just crazy. So let's mention it, take another deep breath, mention it again, and then take another deep breath and break it down. Okay, ready? Reincarnation. Hmm. Wow. That's just really, we're going to talk about this. Okay. So it's important to know. First of all, I took it up on myself to ask the Rebbe of Lapide, Rebbe, get you some, aka Captain Israel, aka Captain Rabbi Griffin. I said, you know, would it be okay to elucidate this and kind of help all of our community work through this idea for those who may know about it, who may not have heard about it and will be hearing about it at some point. I mean, at some point you're just going to. And um, he said, you know, that's cool. And I was just like, and furthermore, I definitely want to give the Lapide perspective and standpoint on it. Because the the thing is, is that so many sources that we have, you know, some of those sources, like, say, the Zohar or Shona Pincus or um, even Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer, they talk about this, and it's just, oh, and the Kehod Humash, oh my gosh, the Kehod Humash, seriously, like, wow, okay, but anyway, um, it's like, these sources are great, you know, and it's just like, well, when it comes to reincarnation, it's just like, oh, run away, it's like, no, with Lapid, we don't need to shy away from anything because we have nothing to hide. We have nothing to shy away from. What is our agenda? We have no agenda. Like, as, as a, I'm saying, like, in the context of, like, we're trying to manipulate the world or something like that kind of agenda. We don't have that. What we do have is Mashiach Yeshua as the author, perfecter, finisher of our Emunah. And we walk in his ways in the dust of his feet and we follow him. We live the life of a believer and a follower, a doer, a obeyer, a not a save, a nishma, a -er, I don't know, um, of a person who would walk into the freshly resurrected nobody in the tomb type person. What are you saying, Amit? Okay, if it was the 16th of Nisan, because, you know, that's when he was resurrected on the Feast of First Fruits, get you some. There's nothing new under the sun. Wasn't some special resurrection Sunday. It's like, no, it's the Feast of First Fruits. It's about bringing forth the new produce from the earth. That's why it says that if he wasn't resurrected, then there is no resurrection. Because if you understand the Festival of First Fruits, which I encourage everyone to go study about, it says that if the first fruit offering isn't bought, brought, there is no sustenance or food for the nation that whole year. Miraculously, as Hashem would have it, 
that offering was never lacking. Okay, it always happened, which meant that when Mashiach was letting everybody know, like posting on Facebook and Instagram, hey, just want to let y'all know, Son of Man is going to be handed over. Some real bad stuff is going to happen. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be rough, chaotic, you know, but it's okay. I've overcome the world. I will be uh, crucified, but I will be raised on the third day. So don't worry about it. It's just like, wait, what? You're just going to drop that on us? We were having such a good time. And I mean, Kefa, you know, steps up to the plate. And it's just like, no, Kefa, get behind me. Hasatan. It's just like, oh, snap. This is serious. And it's just like, okay. So anyway, when it comes to that, that's where we fall as Lapid. Or that's where we stand, Slika. We fall on our faces before Hashem. And we stand on the word of Hashem. And we walk as a first century Yehudi. I mean, that's why we are such paradigm shift when you meet us. Because it's like, oh my goodness, you're Jews. Like, this is great. You follow Torah. You speak Hebrew. Like, oh my goodness. You're like, literally, your pages of the Old Testament off the... And you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's with the hostility? You just call me pages of the Old Testament? Seriously? It's like, oh, my bad. I, I didn't, What do y'all call it? We call it the Bible. We call it Torah. We call it Tanakh. It's not Old Testament. Like, there's nothing old about it. And for that matter, if you're going to talk about old and new, how old is the New Testament? When is it ever going to be called old? You know, it's just like, okay. Anyway, so as Lapid, we're first century type peoples around here. So if you go through the first century, no one talked about reincarnation in Judaism. So Rabbi Griffin brought that down so beautifully. You know, him and I, we have very violent conversations. So it's just like, boom. All right, cool. I appreciate that, Rebbe. My next question, da, 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 boom. Okay, so I appreciate that. You know, it's just like, what is wrong with y'all? Y'all are just like trading blows. It's like, man. It's just like, yeah, it's how we roll, man. I mean, it's cool. Like, that's my rabbi. You know, I listen to him. I need one because if I don't, then I start making stuff up and it's a problem. So anyway, if you don't have a rabbi, get you one. If you need a rabbi here, Rabbi Griffin is a rabbi. So get a Lapid going, you know, and, and follow him. So follow him as he follows Mashiach, obviously. But anyway, so he really wants that to be known like it, I mean it is known but just in case there's any gray areas we don't there is no stance on reincarnation because really it doesn't exist so it's just kind of like okay but it does exist as far as some of these sources go I realize that we use some of those same sources and it's just like so are we just going to puddle jump over those things what do we do with it well First of all, let's dig into this a little bit more and learn a little bit more about it because reincarnation is a part of Eastern mysticism. And that's why we have like nails on a chalkboard whenever we hear this word and we're like, ah, which, by the way, we haven't really gone over the Hebrew word for this, but it's really the word that's based off of uh, nefesh or neshama, like the spirit, the soul. So 
not trying to condone it or backtrack or anything, but for the sake of understanding that, uh, there's like all these things, Gilgul, um, transmigration, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, okay, wow. What kind of toolbox is this? Uh, it's one that we don't carry at Lapid. That's what kind of toolbox it is. I mean, I don't know why you want to go look at it, but just don't bring it over here. Anyway, reincarnation part of eastern mysticism and there's that idea that you die and you come back like as a bird or a chicken or a dog or you know you're reincarnated into some other person or something like that and it's just kind of like whoa like okay carnation like coming into creation kind of thing so obviously that's a no-go because if Hashem really gave us reincarnation like as a Torah principle then where is Adam really appearing again you know is he oh chaspe shalom the raven or the dove that Noah sent out from the ark because I mean if you really look at rebooting everything like reincarnation wants to talk about it's just like there was never ever any elucidation that Adam was a dove or a raven. It's just like, oh, that's true. So where did reincarnation come from? It's like, great. Now we're now we're on to some. Okay, here we go. So then, Eastern mysticism penetrated Judaism during the middle centuries, the Middle Ages, like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred, somewhere around that time frame. Uh, we're talking after Inquisition, before Holocaust, you know, like that whole time frame. Now, with that being said, what's really going on in the Jewish nation during this time? Well, since the first century, a little, a few hundred years after the Talmud is codified, again, there's no reincarnation in there. Then you get into like after 1000 into 1100 and then Rashi shows up and then you start getting all sorts of stuff going on. But at this point, there's this whole rise in Christianity and Islam and all that kind of stuff. And the, the, the people of Israel have been kicked out of nations back and forth, mixing trades going on. The world's changing enlightenment's coming in, all sorts of stuff. It's crazy. So when the Middle Ages happened, at some point, somehow, the the whole mystic Eastern whole type attitude with yoga, that's where that came from, and breathing techniques and working yourself up into a trance and using the Mishnah to do that. So just mindlessly and repetitiously uh, repeating all these different Hebrew passages and words and verses and breathing and putting yourself into all these weird body poses cause you to work yourself into this spiritual trance and you would get a spirit guide who would say something like I'm the angel of the most high or you know I am the servant or something like that and I'm going to lead you and I'm going to give you an experience you know and it's like ooh. So anyway, so that ends up happening, and that's where practical Kabbalah comes from. That's where Kabbalah gets all blemished, because it's still Kabbalah, but it's not practical Kabbalah. 
you know, that talks about how to balance the three pillars and Zerampin and Malkut and all that kind of stuff. All that gets all wonderfully, and I say very sarcastically, even though I'm not supposed to be sarcastic, but Slika. <clears throat> but that all gets blemished because of this terrible practical Kabbalah, Eastern mysticism with Judaism type stuff. And that's why you have some Jews who think they're still Jews, even though they practice yoga and other forms of worship that are not Torah based or Hashem or in it. And it's just like, wow. So that's that's how people are rolling these days. Huh? Mm. That's unfortunate. Unfortunato, as we would say. So that is the circumstance for that. So just so you know, reincarnation is in the mix of all of that. Now, develop that out into today, Slika, and your more mystical concepts and interpretations in Judaism, which are really cool, by the way, because Zohar is a really wonderful work. It has so many deep secrets to the Torah, but when you get into stuff like reincarnation, it's just like, why do we have to do all that? Like, what just happened? I was having a good time and somebody knocked over my lemonade. Like, seriously? That's how I feel about it. But anyway, it's, so it's morphed into like, oh, yeah, this is a actual technical interpretation of Torah. You know, so now I'm going to give you an example because Pinchas being Eliyahu is not an example of reincarnation. Just want to point that out. We'll get into that a little bit in a second. And neither is Yochanan Eliyahu as far as reincarnation goes. And, um, you know, so I know it's kind of crazy. Like, how are we going to dissect that? But let's stay on track real quick. So today's Judaism that is not Lapid would kind of teach and they do teach and they have all this, you know, um, and it's like, yeah, this is totally norm. This is natural. This is how we roll. And it's just like, you know, that is not how you roll. Like the same way that Yeshua HaMashiach can't be the Mashiach because he's not descended from the line of David. Okay, really? Is that is that what we're going to go with? I mean, that's really taught these days to where Yeshua is completely null and void. He can't ever possibly be. I mean, look at his followers. It's just like, oh, <laughs> really? Did you just say look at his followers? You didn't say look at him. You just say look at his followers. It's just like, yeah, he, obviously he would teach that you don't follow Torah because his followers don't do it. And it's like, don't blame the teacher for what the students aren't doing. Go check what the teacher's doing, you know? Anyway, I'm tangenting. We're talking about a very deep subject here that needs to be addressed. So, my bad. <clears throat> so, reincarnation is not as ingrained in Judaism as it is made out to be, according to our sources today and according to contemporary teachers. So, no slights, no beatdowns, no uh, outrage, angry mob go on here. We don't need to happen. Do that. We don't need to do that. That does not need to happen. There we go. Okay, my words out. So, when it comes to reincarnation, just relax. Okay? First of all, remember, Lapid doesn't exist. 
Second of all, where did it come from? Didn't come from Torah, didn't come from Judaism. Moshe didn't teach us this, which means, oh my goodness, if Moshe didn't teach it, then oh my word, why are we even giving it the time of day? Because there's nothing that Moshe didn't know that's not being taught. That's a ridiculous uh, study if you want to look into that. Because, you know, with Moshe learning from Hashem, he learned everything that future uh, Torah scholars would ever glean. And it never mentions reincarnation there. It's crazy. So now I want to go ahead and sandwich this with Rabbi Griffin. Uh, the elucidations on this unnecessarily needed to be elucidated word. He said, so if you look at how it is said, now we part, now we know partly, and then we will know fully just as God has fully known me. If you're reincarnated, which fully known me would be talked about? Because when you think about if you're reincarnated and you come back as this person or that person, if you've had five or six reincarnations, then, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? You know, like, that's weird. That's awkward. Which I literally said that's awkward when he told me this. I'm like, wow, Rabbi, you just really went for the jugular there. She's like, yeah, I mean, what what's going on? And so I said, okay, that's legit, Baruch Hashem, you know, that should hopefully help. Uh, if you don't feel solid in that, then um, I don't know, see Azakin immediately. But uh, seriously, though, if we are going to be known as Hashem, full, or if we're going to fully know as we are fully known, that means that we have who we are. That's how we're going to know that, you know, like not fully known from five centuries ago. Now, we do talk a lot about uh, we were all present at Mount Sinai when the Torah was given for those of us who've come to Torah, who've made Teshuvah and converted. Now, that is not reincarnation. Why? Because we're not saying that we were bodily present, but we were present spiritually because Guess what? If you didn't know, your soul existed before it was placed into a body. And remember, what happened when the Torah was given? All of the heavens were opened up. So wherever your soul was, which it was with Hashem, to clear that up, it got to see the giving of the Torah. So we know about Torah, and we're taught about Torah in the womb, like we've been going over this for the past couple of Shabbats. You know, so we're acquainted we just have to return to it. We have to be, it has to be brought into our remembrance, our reminder, you know, just like while we wear a zit zit every day. It's like, how does a Torah observant person need to wear a zit zit? Like, they love Hashem. And it's just like, no, trust me, put this on. You will need it. And it's just like, okay. So if you're uh, in the armed forces and you don't have a bulletproof vest, trust me, you're probably going to want a bulletproof vest. I'm just saying. But anyway, I digress. So he also brought that down because that was kind of a little back and forth of us kind of talking through just these different concepts to just kind of run through the gamut. I'm like, I'm thinking, let's go ahead and put everything out on the table and let's fix it right now. Let's simulate this thing and blow it up. All right. He was like, OK, cool. 
So, I mean, okay, Captain Israel, man, seriously, I appreciate you. Told our rabbi, rabbi. Okay, so the next thing I brought up was, okay, so the whole thing, when when it says in the text, this one I'm using is Mark 8, 28. It says, some say you're Yochanan the Immerser. They told him, and others say Eliyahu. Oh, I didn't bring this one up. So let me skip that, come back to that. Where is it? Um, hang on. Where's this? Oh, the source I'm looking at here. I need to go over here real quick to give you the actual verse I brought up. Um, Because it's about uh, Yochanan. Yes, Matthew eleven fourteen. There we go. All right. Bring it. If you're willing to accept it, he is Eliyahu. You know, because all these other times that uh, for all the prophets and the Torah prophesied before Yochanan, that's verse 13. And there's this whole big question, like, are you Eliyahu? Are you the one who's supposed to herald the coming of the Messiah? And it's just kind of like, no, I'm not. You know, them asking Yochanan and Yochanan to answer, no. Then Mashiach comes over here and he's like, well, yeah, if you can receive it. And by the way, so we can do some uh, interlinear so we can know what we're dealing with here. Now, it says receiving it. And that word receiving it is used of welcoming God's offers being receptive like receiving and sharing in his salvation in his thoughts uh, ready reception is offered the word is a uh, it's close to like to take or kabel uh, which means to receive we talked about that so it's this whole thing about welcoming, like allowing yourself to really think through concepts because the whole thing with what they're asking is they're saying. So we look at him to know that the redemption is around the corner. And it's like because Eliyahu is supposed to come and really prepare the way, you know, for the Mashiach. And that's in Malachi, you know, turning the heart to the the children back to their parents and things like that and it's just like cool now he said yeah that's not really a reincarnation consideration because Yochanan clearly is not Eliyahu I mean it's just like okay so that's cool so we we covered that and and really what they're they're not asking Yeshua is he reincarnated you know, is this Eliyahu reincarnated? They're just saying, is he Eliyahu? Is he the one that's supposed to herald the coming of the Messiah? You know, like the Messianic age and, you know, the resurrection and stuff like that. And he's just like, well, if you're willing to receive it, which I think is so beautiful because it says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like the kingdom of heaven is so close to us, but we have to make shuva. 
you know, and again, Sanhedrin 98 and all the stuff we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks with making Teshuva, like we can bring the redemption. It's within our reach, you know. So if you're willing to do what Yochanan is saying, which are things that Eliyahu would say, then, yeah, he, he would be Eliyahu. But are you receiving that? Because from what I see, there's there's a lot going on right now that, that says no. We don't want Eliyahu. We don't want to see him. But, yeah, we'll ask about him all day because we'll be like Asav who asked how to tithe stuff that you aren't even supposed to tithe. You know, just because you're like, oh, son's so spiritual. He's trying to tithe. And it's like, you don't tithe that. Like, what is this? You know, there's a crazy backdrop on that. But anyway, um, Parsha, I think, told out Asav was trying to, like, pull the wool pun intended over his father's eyes because he's like trying to seem all like I'm awesome and studying Torah and stuff and Yaakov's probably over there like what are you talking about and it's just kind of like I don't know what what's happening but okay so anyway um that's kind of what's going on with that question now uh the other thing that uh, I was just kind of, I was poking around and I found out, you know, the Mark eight twenty eight, and it says, some say you are Yochanan the Immerser, they told him. Others say Eliyahu and others say one of the prophets. Now that's directed to Mashiach Yeshua and that's when he turns around and says, and who do you say I am? And that's when Kepha goes, you're the son of God. And it's just like, you only know that because of the Ruach HaKodesh. So how do we know who Mashiach is? Takes the Ruach HaKodesh, opening our eyes to see. Now, you're not going to have eyes to see if you're not asking for them. So let's ask for them. And for those of us in Lapid, we have been given eyes to see. Yeshua HaMashiach is truly the Messiah. Don't ever doubt that. We have like this plague, I guess, that happens from time to time where people just stop doubting Yeshua HaMashiach is the Messiah. Like something's wrong with Lapid, something's wrong with the shul, something's wrong with, you know, whatever leadership or something. It's just like there is nothing wrong with any of that. There's just what's happening in your thoughts and your heart, you know, and what are you really doing? What are you really after? You know, because if observant Judaism and Yeshua HaMashiach isn't good enough for you and you want something else that's more stronger, more observant, I don't know. Uh, you might want to check your your gauges, your temperature gauges or dashboard on that, because that kind of brings you into an issue. Next thing I found was Mark six fourteen. I was yeah, it just got marked up. OK, so. Meanwhile, King Herod heard about this for Yeshua's reputation had spread. Some were saying, Yochanan the Immerser has been raised from the dead. This is why these, or that is why these miraculous. Sleek, huh? That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. So now we're seeing this triangulated approach where it's like, Yeshua, Yochanan, Eliyahu, like, I'm confusing all of them. And it's just like, wow. By the way, that's not reincarnation. So let's clear that up. 
It's more of a, uh, a concept of parallels, types, and shadows more so than reincarnation. So, okay. Wow. Okay, I think we're doing good. I hope everybody's okay. Now, here we go. Yokanon 125. They asked him, If you are neither Mashiach, nor Eliyahu, nor the prophets, then why are you immersing people? That's like a get you some thing. So let's go ahead and go to a verse. There we go. <laughs> You're like, really? Did you call the verse a thing? It's like, yeah, I kind of did. I'm sorry. Let's read that out. Okay. So we're going to pick up verse 26. I had to pull out the Bible on them. This is so exciting right here. It says, was it not necessary? Sleekow. That's Luke 24. Wow. That was going to be awkward. <laughs> How about Yochanan? Okay, 26. Yochanan answered the Perushim. He's talking to Pharisees, believers of the old or the uh, oral Torah. It says, I give the mikvah of water, or I give a mikvah of water among you is standing one of whom you have no knowledge, no working knowledge. He who comes, Mashiach Yeshua, that is he who comes after me, is one that I am not even worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. These events took place in Bet Anya, which is Bethany, beyond the Yarden, which Yochanan was using as a mikvah of teshuva in which to administer the mikvah. Okay? So, it's just like, I'm doing teshuva over here. That's, that's why I'm doing this. It's just like, oh. Because we thought you were Eliyahu. It's just like, just are you going to make Teshuvah? Like, what are we doing here? So it becomes this thing where it's, it's actually not important to try to nail down and pin down, like, is he Eliyahu? Is Mashiach Eliyahu? I mean, that statement's not skirted. It's just like, what are you doing? We're talking about Teshuvah. We're talking about the Geula. Like, that's what we need to focus on. Not who is Eliyahu and are you he or the prophet or it's like, what are we supposed to be doing? Let's just deal with that. You know, it's just like trying to figure out is Yeshua like divine or not? And like trying to work back and all to all that, because obviously Lapid, we know that Yeshua is divine. He's a manifestation of Hashem. And it keeps unpacking and unfolding from there. But if you're trying to figure out like how everything specifically lines out, that's where you get in trouble. And again, with all that being said, that is so far from reincarnation that it's like, wow. Now, with Pinchas, let's go ahead and get into that. It's pure K to Rebbe Eliezer. We're not done with reincarnation. Don't think I'm scared. I ain't, I ain't scared at all. But I'm glad that I have this privilege and opportunity to help you. Hopefully it is helpful. 
Um, Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer, chapter 47, page 96. It says, Rebbe Eliezer says, Hakadosh Baruchu changed Pincus's name to Eliyahu Hanavi. So there's the prophet, there's Eliyahu, there's Pincus. That's what they were asking if Yochanan or Yeshua was that. And it says, for about Pinchas, it says, behold, I give him my covenant of Shalom, Bami Bar 2512. And it says about Eliyahu Hanavi, my covenant was with him, life and Shalom, Malachi 2, 5. So that's how they connect. So we're literally doing some Gerizah Shavah, some like passages and making some connections here. Because when you look at the fact of Pinchas, when uh, I'm going to get into something that talks about him being made into an angel and then him living for like ever and then him dying. It's just like, I thought you said he's going to live forever. I thought he was an angel. He's a man and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, yep. So obviously it's going to get more intense there. But you can kind of see that, again, this is not a reincarnation principle because He's not coming back and dying and being someone else. I mean, just move on from that. Then it says, furthermore, Eliyahu is called the Giladi, although he was not an inhabitant of Gilead. It's important. Because Pinchas caused Yisrael to do Teshuva in Gilead. See? There's that Teshuvah again. And there's Pinchas causing Israel to do Teshuvah. So it's like, wait, wait, wait. Are you Eliyahu? It's just like, are you going to make Teshuvah or what? Like, let's get this done. Like, we want Mashiach. So then it says God granted Eliyahu slash Pinchas. Like, it puts that. This is codified. I'm reading word for word right now. God granted Eliyahu slash Pinchas everlasting life in this world and in the world to come God gave him and his descendants a rich reward whether they are Zadokim or evildoers by granting him eternal priesthood so that all his descendants will be Kohanim as it says it shall be for him and his offspring after him a covenant of eternal priesthood Bami Bar twenty five thirteen. So there you go. So if we're looking at that, as far as the Pincus Eliyahu goes, it's definitely something that's not completely developed out because, like I said, there's he died. There's he's an angel. There's he's living forever. There's he's Eliyahu. There's he caused people to do teshuva. There's the name change. All this kind of stuff. And it's just like, okay. So if you want to try to figure all that out, I guess have fun. But you would miss the whole point that it's all about making Shuva. I mean, that's really the bottom line. And this is kind of why I didn't really think, you know, when I was... I shared so many different things on Instabam this week. And um, one of them talked about um, Pinka's receiving power from his previous angelic form which is Eliyahu and then 
that's what gave him the ability to do what he did with Zemri and Cosby. And it's just like, uh, I don't know about this. This is reincarnation talk. Like, what? You know, and for me, it was just kind of like, that doesn't speak reincarnation because it just, I don't know. I, to me, it just didn't, you know? And it's kind of like, okay, that may be my naivety, but I don't really go around just kind of painting shades on these concepts because it limits it and it kind of destroys the picture. So obviously needing to have clarification so that other people who have no idea what Shomer man is thinking inside of his little suit over here. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way I approach it. I mean, it's just a beautiful picture of what, what seems to swirl around Yochanan, Eliyahu, Mashiach, Ben Yosef, Pincus, you know, is this idea of Shuva, this idea of being empowered to overcome death and destruction and corruption. And it's just like uh, the unction to act, to stand, you know, and it's just kind of like, wow, like those are beautiful pictures. And all of that is precursor, prerequisite to the Geula. So again, being contained in these three weeks, being in the son of Hashem, being in understanding, I mean, that's the goal. The goal is to act. The goal is to do something, you know, that's another reason why I do these podcasts, because I want to do something about what I'm learning and studying. Like I'm just sitting here on, on all this gold and I'm like, yeah, it's great. And it's like, you want to like give a few pieces out to the people and put some money in other people's pocket and it's like absolutely what am i gonna do with it when i die like man like there's gonna be a pile of gold in the corner somewhere and it's just like not on my watch so anyway so that's why i really appreciate the opportunity that everyone gives me to share because it's like this is what i love to do and I get to learn some of the most beautiful things every week. And it's just like, I just want to share every single thing that I find. It's just like, well, some people can't handle it or some people don't want to. Some people aren't really asking for it. So it's just like, well, I'll just be over here in my corner just with my little Bluetooth speaker here. Anybody who wants to listen, you're more than welcome. Anybody who wants to ask questions, you're more than welcome. I don't get upset. I don't argue because really... Everything that I'm quoting, I, I realize I've been kind of ranty lately. Hopefully, I haven't been like too crazily ranty, but um, I'm just straight by the sources, straight by the book, you know, so I'm not really making stuff up. I don't have time for that. I've done that uh, in my Christian walk, so I'm Jewish. We don't make stuff up, you know, we're built off of previous generations and we flow through from beginning to end. We keep the Aleph and the Tav connected with all the letters in between. Like, that's what we do. So anyway, just to give everyone uh, permission, for lack of better terms, because I would love to to go back and forth and and talk and help, you know, with things. And questions are really cool because I like to answer questions with questions. So, I, I mean, it's not to try to be mean or anything but i literally like we learn by questions that's why when yeshua was asked (laughs) what must i do to gain eternal life he goes great what does the torah say and it's just like you just answer my question with a question i don't like that 
You know, it's like, well, that's the pattern. Here we go. You know, it's just like, okay. So then um, a little bit more reincarnation here. Because one of the ones that I've noticed is uh, it says that Moshe is a reincarnation of Shem, Hevel, and Moshe. Like, so the Mem, the Sheen, and the Hay represent those three people. And it's like, okay, so why do we have to talk reincarnation? Why can't we just look at the types and shadows or look at the spiritual parallels or the concepts of each of their lives? Because as we know, as we, well, Shem, as we got to find out back during Parsha Balak, that Shem was the original gospel preacher to the nations. You know, and it's just kind of like, wow, like, that's incredible. Like, Shem gave Shem the Torah to go teach to the nations to see if they would accept it. So that by the time the Torah is given on Mount Sinai, there is no argument uh, possible to say that, Oh, the Jews are so special. They're the chosen people, and we didn't. We never had a chance. This is like, no, I gave you a head start, actually. So you're welcome. And it's just like, wow, okay. But anyway, then you have Hevel, who never got to live out his days. You know, and it's just kind of like he was killed by his brother. He was literally a person of truth. You know, righteous and like a Mashiach Ben Yosef type figure. And it's just like, okay, so. Looking at all those things, why do we have to tie it up in a bow of it being reincarnation? Well, let's break that off. Let's look at that as a beautiful picture of these culminations of these missions in people's lives and their characters and what happened through Moshe, you know, because ultimately the reincarnation talks as far as Torah goes taught from like I guess a Hasidic or Kabbalistic twist because sometimes it kind of is a blurry line it's all about the tycoon you know and it's just like what uh, Hevel didn't get to do Shem carried on what Shem left off Moshe picked up and it's just like okay I get it you completed the name Uh nice job but let's not call that reincarnation you know because again it's first century it doesn't exist then um, another one was the story of Rivka and Yitzhak meeting and her falling off the ho- the camel and all that. That was the uh, and uh, going into how Rivka gave Yaakov the clothes to deceive the father and receive the blessing and all that kind of stuff. And that was a whole big picture of painting, you know, the the garden scene again. Because the serpent was likened to a camel because of the way that he walked around, you know, with a hunch in his back, kind of like a hump kind of thing. So there was like this whole description on what the uh, Nakash was like before he lost his legs and all this kind of stuff. And how Rivka was Hava and Yitzhak was Adam, like all this stuff. And I mean, it's just like, okay, so you're really just making this whole canopy for why you know like why do you got to paint it like that and it's just like well i get it i mean i guess this was going on but okay as a lapide though not that we need to look into that because that was the other thing that rabbi griffin brought down is like there are better ways to have discussions and interpretations without using reincarnation 
So I ain't going to buck against that. So, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. So if you see reincarnation, don't run away, but just don't go there. Okay. If there's going to be any kind of understanding from it all, just know that it's trying to paint a picture of fixing a previous situation. But you don't need to bring that into your own tent, to your own life, and to your own walk and be like, man, like I can't wait to die so I can be reincarnated and come back and fix this. If you got anger issues, you take care of them now. You know, you don't wait for a new body. Like, whoever said you get a new body, you know, Yeshua never said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is a hand. Oh, wait. Never mind. You'll come back. We'll do this again. Uh, a couple hundred years. All right. I'll see you there. Like he never did that. Or he never said, I'm going to die for the sins of the whole world. Um, I think I'm going to do this reincarnated world. And then the next reincarnated world. Uh, they're kind of out They're Not really. Cause I'm kind of outside of time, but so I'll die for the sins of the worlds or reincarnation souls. You know, like none of that weirdness ever happened. Kaifa never talked about reincarnation. Shaul, oh my gosh. Shaul, this is one of the things he never said. Like, okay, you know, kind of thing. I'm so big on Paul repeated and uh, like ready to like football tackle a Paul said, but you know, Paul never said or repeated reincarnation. So there's that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what else I can really say. I mean, we've heard from the Rebbe uh, via me just kind of passing it on and kind of looked at some examples, uh, talked about some of the sources, talked about where reincarnation came from. And uh, I guess let's finish it off with a Rabbeinu Bakya. That's always a good idea. Check this out. So just so we are clear on the reincarnation aspect, which it doesn't, which doesn't apply, just so we're aware of that with Pincus and Eliyahu, it says on Bami Bar 2513. Here we go. According to Ibn Ezra, the words Ulezaro Akharav and for his descendants after him indicate that Pinchas's descendants succeeded him as Cohen, and he himself eventually died and is therefore not the same person as Eliyahu. Okay? Got that? It's just like, but Pirkei de Rebbe Eliezer said, and it's like, yep. I told you we were going to have one said he's lived forever. He's an angel. This one over here says he died. He's not the same. And then something else says another two Jews, three opinions. Okay. Yep. Roll with it. Here we go. See, this is the beauty, th the beautiful thing about having a Torah mindset of Mashiach, having the mind of Mashiach. You know, it's not this black and white, hard, fast line that you need to draw and be like, well, he died. He can't be or he lived forever. So he has to be. Let's not get to completely solving all this out because we're going to miss the point here. OK, 
So the point is not, is he Eliyahu or is he not Eliyahu? Just like we just went through in the Basura accounts. Yochanan or Mashiach, for that matter, were not all about, like, I need to tell you I'm Eliyahu or I need to tell you I'm not. Like, they didn't really spend time on that. What were they saying? They were saying, make shuva. If you receive the message, that's what we need to work on. Because if you're really spending all of your time trying to make sure, is this right? And what's this source say? And does that source negate this source? Which one's a better source? Which one's more valuable? Then you've put yourself into a whole nother conundrum and frustration. And you've missed the point that the message is what the answer is. The message is Eliyahu, Pincus, Yochanan, Mashiach. It's about bringing in the Geula. We should want Mashiach to return. We should want to walk away from our sins. We should want to end the patterns of the get or the Gola, the exile. We should want to end the patterns of what's been causing all this destruction and chaos throughout generations of Judaism. So that's the point. And if you're stuck down here with reincarnation and who's who and what this person died, this person didn't, you miss all that. So don't miss that. Okay? Don't miss the message. Let's hear the message. Now I continue. But the author feels that the view of our sages identifying Pincus with Eliyahu is correct. So Rabbeinu Bakya literally just said, Pincus cannot be Eliyahu because he himself died. He's not the same person. But he agrees with the sages saying that Pincus is identified with Eliyahu. That right there, wow. That's crazy. It's like, yeah, this is right. He died. But yeah, sages, you're correct. It's just like, how in the world? Not saving Ishma, but focus on the message. Okay, here we go. So, it says the word Akarav, which means after him, in our verse may refer to Pincus slash Eliyahu's disappearance from the earth, i.e. his departure. Okay, so his descendants after him, his descendants after his departure. Okay, so we'll put that there. All right. So if there are any more uh, misconceptions or confusions about reincarnation, where do we stand as Lapid? Hopefully this podcast has been helpful for you and you can always talk to the Zekanim and leadership. They're not scared to talk about it either because, I mean, like we said, we're first century mindset. Reincarnation is from the Middle Ages. So, Sika. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And Bezrat Hashem, I will round out this parasha of Get You Some for Shodnuf Pinkus. So, Tadarabah, and we'll be right back after this.